The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong. As she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday right here, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, I have uh, something hot off the press from Nielsen Wire. Todd Hale, Senior Vice President, Consumer and Shopping Insights at Nielsen, just released an article called Mining the U.S. Generation Gaps. It was released um, earlier in March, and it really took a look at how four key generations shopped, what their habits are, what they choose to shop for, and in general, their economic habits. And I'm going to give you a glimpse of a portion of this report. It's a very lengthy report. I'm going to actually divide the findings into two, give you uh, a brief overview this week, and then uh, wrap it up next week. So so there you go. You have to tune in twice to the show. How's that for a teaser? Um, So again, this is from Nielsen Wire, Mining the U.S. Generation Gaps from Todd Hale. And uh, did you know that millennials actually represent the largest population. There's over 76 million millennials out there, slightly larger than boomers. We all know how big the boomers are. And together between millennials and boomers, they represent half of the U.S. population. So keep that in mind as I go through some of this data from Nielsen. The greatest generation, uh, those individuals shaped by the Great Depression and World War II, are the most frequent shoppers and um, and actually are more prone to shop for deals than other age segments. I'm really not surprised by that. They're on fixed incomes, limited incomes. And we know that based on how they kind of had to get through the debre- depression in World War II, they really know how to save a buck. Well, millennials don't like to waste any time shopping. In fact, um, they shop less, but they end up buying more per trip. I thought that was interesting. Boomers, though, boomers are the ones that spend the most Uh, per household of any group. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if that will continue as more and more of them begin to retire. Now, millennials uh, and Gen Xers do shop mass super centers and mass merchandisers, um, say over grocery or drug stores. Now, those two formats tend to draw more of the greatest generation in boomers. So millennials, again, it kind of goes back to them. They shop less, but they buy more potentially because they're buying in bulk. Um, 
and at those club dollar, dollar inconvenience gas channels, boomers and the greatest generation really are on the in the aisles more and more and more um, over time. Now, Target, this is not a surprise at all, especially for those of us who are huge, huge supporters of Target, um, they have a unique appeal with younger generations. And, and it's really because we all know Target has managed to ke- kind of keep that trendy image. They've got those designers and housewares and bedding and cosmetics at the same time highly highly affordable so gen x and millennials are really going to target more than any other age group and they also outspend them any other age group at target even when we're looking at competitors like kmart and walmart now when it comes to spending patterns um you know again the greatest generation are are spending more if you can believe this on pet food I know, pet food. Who knew that there were such big pet fans? Uh, There's actually quite a bit of of segment gaps uh, among our different generations. Again, boomers spend more on pet food. Um, They also spend more on carbonated beverages and wine. I thought that was an interesting um, trio. Whereas, you know, Gen Xers, they do spend a lot on pet food as well, but not as much as boomers. Carbonated beverages are a close second, but then also baby food is very big. And again, that's not very surprising considering that we're talking about Gen Xers. Millennials and their young families are pay- are putting baby food in the top spot. So they bumped out pets. I guess pets are further down the list. But carbonated beverages still come in second uh, and then pet food in third place. I thought it was interesting that carbonated beverages still are doing so well, especially as um, more and more of us are trying to, to drink more responsibly, drink more water. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. So more next week on this Nielsen study. Again, it's very lengthy. It's very detailed. Lots of great information. Next week, we'll be looking at uh, consumer shopping practices and strategies. So thank you, Nielsen, for that great insight. Well, today we're going to be talking a lot about our target trendsetter. The focus is on mom. There's more than 9 million of these women out there making more than $90,000, median age of 40. Most of them, well, not even most of them, I'm sorry, about a quarter of them are homemakers uh, with kids in the home. And they consider themselves very hopeful and entrepreneurial, putting their family first. They do shop. They shop a lot. Um, they're out there in the stores frequently. They like to switch up brands and styles and fashions, and they're really looking for deals, not necessarily brands. They're not really known as being brand loyal. Again, I talked before about how Target has a lot of cachet with those younger shoppers. This mom is no different. And uh, she, she considers herself to be a very informed consumer, shopping um, for those coupons. They draw her into stores where she wouldn't typically be. And those children do influence where and what she shops for. Her home is a priority. The brands she shops are Land's Inn, Old Navy, Gap, Nine West, Kohl's, Toys R Us, and Michael's. She's driving a Volkswagen, a Honda, a GMC, a Dodge, a Chrysler, and a Volvo. And if you're a marketer, how do you get in front of the Target trendsetter? Well, she's reading parenting magazines like Family Fun, Parenting, Parents, Real Simple, Red Book, First for Women, um, and some home books as well. She's online a lot, a ton. She's surfing a lot of her kids' sites, her favorite magazine sites. Uh, she's online at iVillage, connecting with her network, getting her news from CBS and MSNBC. 
and getting information at askyellowpagesandcoolsavings.com. She's watching a lot of cable like HGTV, Disney, Nick, and E! Lifetime and Food Network. Well, my guest for this program is Jessica Ahrens, Director of the Women's Health and Rights Program at the Center for American Progress. And we are going to be talking specifically about women and, and women's health and women's rights related to a, a pretty massive study that was released late last year. Now, if you're not familiar with the Center for American Progress, it is a think tank dedicated to improving the lives of Americans through ideas and actions. It was founded in 2003 and is headed by John Podesta. You may recall Mr. Podesta is the former chief of staff to President Bill Clinton, and it's a professor at the Georgetown University Law Center. Jessica Ahrens co-authored the book, Sick and Tired, Working Women and Their Health. She is a member of the Faith and Progressive Policy Initiative, and prior to joining American Progress, she worked at the ACLU Reproductive Freedom Project, the Supreme Court of Virginia, the White House, and currently serves on the boards of the D.C. Abortion Fund and Virginia ACLU. Well, what we're going to be talking about today, as I mentioned before, is a, a pretty major report released last fall. It was uh, combined with the Center of American Progress and Maria Shriver. The report was titled The Shriver Report, A Woman's Nation Changes Everything. We're going to hear how America's companies may not be keeping up with their female workforce's needs and how really the nation is changing by who's entering the workforce, mainly women. More on that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. AFCON 2010, where affiliates always attend for free. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Make your plans now to be at the most affordable, informative, interactive trade show anywhere. Haven't made your plans to join us? Then it's time to act fast. We have secured a limited number of hotel rooms at the fabulous Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, the official host hotel of AFCON 2010. Book your reservations at our exclusive AFCON 2010 special rate by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. That's bit.ly slash cheap hotel. These rooms are guaranteed to be sold out fast. Remember, AFCON 2010 is giving you two days of back-to-back sessions, keynote presentations, exhibit access, and incredible nighttime networking for free. Plus, we're giving you unbelievable room specials for a limited time. Book your rooms now by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the e-com experts. 
Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me now is Jessica Ahrens, Director of the Women's Health and Rights Program at the Center for American Progress. Jessica is also the co-author of the book Sick and Tired, Working Women and Their Health. Jessica, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, I, I'm really excited. I think the work you're doing at the Center for American Progress is really great, exciting, important work. For people listening today who perhaps haven't heard about the Center for American Progress, can you share a little bit about it and what you currently do there? Sure. Well, we are a progressive think tank based in Washington, D.C. Uh, we do research. We um, provide new policy ideas, and we combine that with action where we reach out to the public and to policymakers and the media and other influential thinkers um, to try to change the conversations we're having about policy issues, um, about the policies that are most important to Americans. And my work specifically on the Women's Health and Rights Program, um, I work on reproductive health primarily, but in as an expansive view of that as, as you can think of. So we're talking about uh, policies that will help people um, become parents when they want to and, and to be able to parent with dignity. And by that, we mean providing necessary supports um, so that, you know, people can meet their children's needs, um, being able to determine whether and when to have children, being able to have healthy pregnancies, and um, have safe and healthy families and relationships. So it's a really big topic, and it can fall, and you know, you can kind of uh, come to almost any issue um, with this view and, and connect it to reproductive health. Um, so in that first category, for instance, uh, there's a lot of economic supports that people need. People need to be able to earn a living wage in order to support themselves and their families. Um, they need to have good educational opportunities. They need health care. Uh, you know, so those are they. You know, they need to be paid equally for equal work. Um, um, again, in order to you know really you know provide the supports they need to those and their families, so so that's how I've kind of gotten into this area of economic work as well, uh, working on things like the Shriver Report and the chapter I wrote for that report, Sick and Tired, uh, about working women and their health, um, and that that's that's the angle I come at it from. Yeah, it's an incredibly complex topic, and as you said, it covers a lot of different, a, a lot of different things. Economics being one of them, and you know, you talked about um, the chapter you wrote in the report. What surprising data did you uncover while researching and, and writing that chapter? Um, there were a few things, especially because this was a somewhat new. This was somewhat new territory for me. Um, I was ex- expanding some of the work I had done previously, and and one of the things that really stuck out to me was that caregivers are almost twice as likely to report having a chronic condition like heart disease or depression or chronic stress. And, of course, who are the caregivers? It's women. Um, most of the caregivers in our country, whether we're talking about child care, whether we're talking about elder care or care for a disabled family member, it's women. Um, and a lot of those women also are doing this caregiving while holding down full-time jobs. So it's actually, it should be no surprise that, they, that they're paying for it sometimes with their health. Um, but I was, I was definitely struck by that, that, you know, that data point, you know, twice as many. It's, it's a lot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about all that we juggle and we always, I mean, I, I'm usually, I'm kind of putting this out stereotypically, but we do tend to 
put other people's health first. We know that a lot of men end up going to see their doctors because their spouses urge them to do so. Otherwise, they wouldn't end up there. Mm -hmm. And now women, you know, we make up, what, 51% of the population. So we're the majority population, and yet we're putting our health second oftentimes. Uh, You know, we're taking on more and more responsibility. I was reading stats that we really, you know, outpace men in almost every graduate program at business school. We're overtaking men in the workplace. We're going to end up having the largest amount of wealth in the country in the next decade. And yet, here we are. We we can't get a handle on our health. I mean, how is something this important to not only ourselves, but our future and our family's future, how is this continuing to happen, this inequality? Well, I think there's a variety of factors. Um, of course, it's it's a very complicated issue, but uh, you know it, it, we're socialized, I think, to put everyone else first, um, and so we tend to do that. And also, it's easy to put off healthcare needs um, when when you don't want to think about it. Um, you know, it's so hard just to schedule that annual mammogram um, or you know to get yourself in to see the doctor for some other reason. When you're juggling such a busy schedule, when you're trying to work, when you're trying to take care of the kids, when you're trying to work on your marriage, or you know whatever it is that you're you know is is concerning your life, and you want to have a social life too, and and going to the doctors you know often can fall down on the list of priorities. But in addition, you know women um, aren't, despite the fact that we actually you know tend to try to use the health, we need the healthcare system more, and we use it more. We also um, aren't treated so well by the current healthcare system. It's one of the reasons why um, healthcare reform is actually a, a very big priority for the Center for American Progress, where I work. Um, the uh, individual, about a quarter of women receive health insurance through their husband's jobs, not through their own jobs, and that leaves them vulnerable to losing coverage when. Um, if, if something happens to their marriage, if they get divorced, or if their husband loses his job. And, of course, with the recent recession, men have been losing the most jobs. They've lost four out of five of every job lost in this recession. And a lot of those jobs had health insurance benefits. And so when they lost their jobs, the wives lost, lost their benefits. Um, and for women in the individual insurance market, um, which is another quarter of women who do have benefits, they are... Um, they are subject to all sorts of whims of the, that market. There's uh, lots of gender discrimination where it makes it harder sometimes for them to get coverage or things aren't covered like basic maternity services. Um, so there's a lot that we are looking to change with this current health reform bill that's almost through Congress. Um, and I just think that the, the barriers in the system in terms of cost and affordability and in terms of access also mean that, that it makes it harder for women to get in to see their doctors and get the health care they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you talked about the current debate uh, going on around health care. I know you, you personally and the Center for American Progress have been incredibly involved. And how much of kind of pushing this through, how much of that work is being done by the Center for American Progress right now? The Center for American Progress has been very active on this. We have a whole team uh, devoted to health reform, uh, and they know all the details about, uh, you know, the, the cost savings we could get if we enact comprehensive reform and, and improving the delivery system, how, how we receive the health care we need. I uh, have been uh, involved specifically on issues related to women and their access to health care. And so in addition to what I just mentioned, um, like I said, there, there's been a practice in the private insurance market called gender rating, 
where women are charged more in their premiums than men are for the same package of benefits. In some areas, up to 48% more. So, um, there, and, and then, like I said, when they, when they get that coverage, um, they, they don't get access to services like you know, maternity care, which, you know, you would think if they're, they're paying more, they ought to get more. Um, maternity care is one of the more expensive items, but that's not why they're being charged more. Um, they also um, sometimes are having trouble getting coverage because of things like pre-existing conditions that are related specifically to women, like having had a cesarean section. So imagine, you, you know, you had a C-section for your first child, and now you can't get health care. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or problems related to domestic violence. So those provisions, uh, there are provisions in the current bill that would make those practices illegal. They wouldn't allow the insurance market to do the, to discriminate in that way. And so we're very supportive of those provisions. Um, and then there's been a big fight over abortion coverage and how that gets paid for and whether that's with private or public money. Um, and, and that's been taking up a lot of time as well. Well, beyond the insurance issue and the fact that the other issue that you talked about where four out of five men, you know, are the ones to have lost their job and therefore women have lost their coverage. For those women who are, you know, fully, gainfully employed, maybe they have their own insurance, they have their, um, you know, they have their own health coverage, you know, that that's kind of a, a different subject. Do you think companies are really responding to having more women in the workforce than men? And do you feel like companies are being sensitive to those issues that affect women and their families? I think it varies by company. I think that there are some companies that are engaged in best practices. They've figured out what works. They recognize that women are part of our workforce and they're not going back. Um, one of the, the big piece premises of the, the, the Shriver report was that women are now uh, half of employees on all payrolls in the in the U.S. and so it's it's a dramatic change since even the 1970s. Um, uh, so we are equal now in numbers to men in the workforce, but unfortunately, uh, we haven't caught up in terms of full equality in the workforce. Um, many businesses and government policies just haven't recognized the fact that um, there's no one at home anymore uh, to, you know, wait for the plumber, to pick the kids up from school. Um, you know, both both parents are outside the home working full-time, or, or you might have a single parent, and, of course, they are the only source of income. So we have more women as primary breadwinners than ever before um, and, and, and as co-breadwinners. So... Um, there's a lot that does need to still change um, in order for business to to meet the needs of the modern family because the modern family is significantly different than the family that was in existence when most workplace policies were developed. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the, and the issues of women are, are different than the issues of men. Do you feel like that there's some that uh, just are completely overlooked? Um, are there particular issues that you feel like companies need to be making very specific attention to? Well, I think, I mean, in some ways the good news is that the problems that men and women are experiencing are becoming more similar. More men are also struggling to juggle their work and family responsibilities, but women definitely still bear the brunt because they are doing more of the caregiving while working. They've taken on more uh, responsibility in the workplace, but they haven't been able to lighten their load at home. Um, And also, uh, 
they they simply face more bias. There there are still stereotypes that abound, assumptions by employers that women are going to be taking the time off to do the caregiving, and therefore maybe we're not going to promote her as quickly, or maybe we're not going to pay her as much because we're assuming that she's somehow not going to be as productive an employee, and that's just simply unfair, and it's not based in reality. It's it's based on stereotypes and assumptions, and so there's a, there's still a lot of bias in the workplace. Um, it's not even conscious a lot of the time, but it is something that I think employers need to become more aware of uh, and and take action to prevent it. Um, They've done some psychological studies where um, women, especially mothers, were less likely, you know, they, they would do a blind study where people are looking at resumes, but if there were signals that the uh, the applicant was a mother, um, she was less likely to get the job offer or less likely to be offered as much money. And that men, if they were fathers, actually sometimes gained an advantage from that. Um, I think maybe they're seen as more stable or more tied to the job because they're going to have to provide income for the family, even though women now are you know much more likely to also be providing vital income for the family. So we have to kind of root out some of these stereotypes that were harboring and make sure that our workplace policies don't reflect them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to come back in just a moment, Jessica, and when we do, I want to talk a little bit about how women can maybe take some control over their health, their health care for themselves and their families. Stick around. More purse strings and when we return. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And I'm back. Joining me today is Jessica Ahrens, Director of the Women's Health and Rights Program at the Center for American Progress. The Center and Maria Shriver uh, reported out on A Woman's Nation Changes Everything. It's called the Shriver Report. And it was issued late last year. And we've been talking about um, the kind of the situation of women's health care and the state of it in the United States and the many, many challenges that face us 
both inside corporate America and outside. And Jessica, I'm, I'm curious, do you think women can actually take control of their own health care and do, do things, take some action to protect themselves and the health of their families? Well, certainly there's, you know, things we can all do in our lives, like making sure we, you know, see the doctor every year and and things like that. But, um, you know, we've been made to feel a lot of the time that these are individual problems and that they need individual solutions. And I actually think that, that, you know, we need to realize that a lot of this stuff um, needs to happen on a more systemic level, that that business and government has the opportunity to meet these challenges um, in a way that, that helps everybody. And so I think the best thing that uh, people can do is to get informed, share that information with their friends, family, and neighbors, and 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 pay you know start paying attention to what's going on, what their government is doing to to assist them. Um, things like widespread discrimination um, practices, or um, you know the fact that you know we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't offer that doesn't require paid maternity leave. Um, those are things that. You know, if we could um, make those policy changes at the government level, that will help everyone, and it'll make it easier. Then, even even if you work at a company that offers maternity leave, um, you know, you may still face problems trying to come back to work when you're done with that leave. If there's a law in place that you know sets that as the norm for everyone, it's a lot easier than for you to take advantage of the policy, whether it's offered because the business wants to provide it or because it's had to provide it. So I think that these are things that um, there are things we can do individually, but I think that there's also a, a, a really important role for government and business here to get creative and to find solutions to the problems that everybody is facing. Now, I know the Schreiber Report got a lot of buzz. Um, I've seen a lot on it. Do you feel like that it's really helped to amplify the issue? And, and what kind of results have you seen since it was released late last year? It, it has. It's been very exciting to see uh, the the receptivity to the report. It's it's really received a lot of media coverage. Um, you know, this was months ago. It came out in October, and I'm doing an interview with you about it now. And um, being able to raise awareness, and and you know, including whether it's water cooler talk or in the halls of Congress. I mean, we've really seen um, people uh, excited about these issues. They see themselves and their own daily struggles represented in the report, and they're hungry for solutions, and um, we actually uh, just followed up, um, issued a follow-up report last week called Our Working Nation that gets into the nitty-gritty of the policy recommendations that we have and how we think we can address some of these challenges that we're facing, Um, and the Congress recently held a hearing on fair pay for women, and my colleague Heather Boucher, who co-edited the Shriver Report, she, she went up to testify on the Hill about this. So it's been very exciting and very gratifying, and, and that's exactly why we did the report, and that's part of why we were so excited about the opportunity to partner with Maria Shriver, because we knew that she'd be able to shine a light on these issues in a way that they haven't really um, received that kind of attention before. I'm sure you would love to be out of a job, ultimately, right? I mean, you want to be able to see the women's health and it's rights funny. program. It's true. I, I make that joke with my colleagues all the time. We're, you know, we're trying to put ourselves out of work by uh, getting getting all of this done. <laughs> <laughs> we should be so lucky, actually, that yeah. you, that, that is the case. Uh, I know. You know, we just have a minute left, but I am curious, you know, if if things were to end the way you would love them to end and all your work to be done, really what would it look like? What would this women's health issue look like? 
Well, in terms of the, you know, struggling to juggle work and family responsibilities, um, a big step forward would just be having basic flexibility and predictability for your work schedule. So being able to ask your boss for some sort of work schedule accommodation without fear of retaliation, that's something we don't have a right to as Americans. And I think it's a very basic step that would help uh, employees and employers partner to, you know, find solutions. And especially in the recession, people think, oh, during this time, um, it, you, we don't want to make business do anything. It actually would be a, a, a very productive way for business to, say, you know, be able to reduce work hours on a voluntary basis and save some money and provide people with more flexibility um, and taking care of the, their kids, for instance. Other things would be paid sick days. Not everyone has guaranteed paid sick days. Paid parental leave, which I mentioned. Better enforcement of our discrimination laws. Um, direct supports to working families with caregiving needs like child care tax credits. And collecting better, better data so that we know, so we can analyze the effectiveness of our policies. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Well, yeah, I wish so you the best of luck. You're doing great work there, and, and I hope you have re a lot of success, and and hopefully the Schreiber report and your follow-up report will continue just to create great great things there for you. Thanks so much. And for everyone listening today, if you are interested in learning more about this report, you can check it out at awomensnation.com. Also, you can check it out at the website for the Center for American Progress, which is AmericanProgress.org. You'll find it there as well. Uh, thanks to George, my producer, for another great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings right here next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. 